welcome back to another episode of animation and I'm sorry this one's on Friday again I keep getting delayed and pushed back and delayed and I have a good reason for that it's two pains one in my neck one in the butt I was sick so I had a very sore throat and I was talking like this and you can't quite record a podcast when you sound like this you know so I couldn't do that and plus I had work yesterday so I had to work while I was sick and now I'm getting better and you might be able to hear my voice is a little uh, more raspy than usual but I'm still able to record a podcast and I didn't want to miss this week I figured it'd be better to miss one day miss my deadline and do the podcast than to miss this week because there's some amazing amazing news I want to share with all of you and some things have happened that I feel like I need to put my two cents in there not because I'm some great podcaster but it's the only way I can attribute something to these people. And so I want to put this show in the memory of all those who have passed. And please, rest in peace. Of course, I say that with the passing of Satoshi Kon. Madhouse notified ANN that uh, his wife, Kyoko Kon, had written a message about his passing. And uh, I'd like to read that to you now. Satoshi Kon passed away due to pancreatic cancer on August 24th at 6.20 a.m. He was 46. His funeral service will be held for family members only. We are respectfully and deeply grateful for your kindness during his lifetime. Madhouse also wrote about Cohn's passing much in the same way, but um, what was really, really touching to me was a post that went up on his website Wednesday after his passing, and uh, I'd like to read that to you as well. And I want to thank ANN for getting a hold of this copy because without ANN, well, we probably wouldn't even know Satoshi Kon passed. So thank you for your your services in this time. The, the post reads, quote, May 18th of this year, an unforgettable day. My wife and I received the following prognosis from a cardiologist at Masushino Red Cross Hospital. The pancreatic cancer is terminal and has metastasized to the bone you have at most half a year left. When I conveyed my concerns for Yumimiru Kikai to Mr. Muriyama, he said, It's fine. Don't worry. We'll do whatever it takes. I cried. I cried aloud. With feelings of gratitude for all that is good in this world, I put down my pen. Well, I'll be leaving you now. Satoshi Kon. Also, some more sad news, the animator Kihachiro Kawamoto passed away due to pneumonia on Monday, August 23rd. He was 85, so at least he got to live to a ripe old age. Kawamoto is best known for his television puppet adaptation of The Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Saikichi Sato confirmed on Friday that the second legendary anime director that he mentioned had passed away earlier this week was Kawamoto. Of course, the sad news just continues to abound, and fortunately this is the last death that we'll have to deal with this week because the anime world cannot take the death of these titans, and so here we go, this last one. It was reported on Twitter Wednesday that animator Shujuru Yamamuchi had passed away. A fellow writer-director, Saichi Sato, had reported on his Twitter account earlier on Wednesday that another legendary animated director had passed away in addition to Satoshi Kon, who of course was Kawamoto. 
All you guys, rest in peace, you poor chaps. Now, back to some more traditional and maybe uplifting news. Gainax has launched a group of what they're calling lectures about creating anime. The first lecture is already up and is kind of a in-person lesson given by Kazuya Surumake, who is the director of Fuli Cooley and Aim for the Top 2 Die Buster. Surumaki also worked on Hitaki Anno's new remakes of the Evangelion franchise, that being the rebuild of Evangelion. Some rather daunting news, kind of a mixed bag here. Uh, Suezia has reported a loss of $49 million from last fiscal year, which of course ran from June 1st, 2009 to May 31st, 2010. Uh, this is the first annual loss that Suezia has reported. However, sales of books and magazines were actually 2.8% higher at $1.25 billion. In particular, sales of Weekly Shonen Jump rose, as did individual volumes, while sales of other published categories fell 2.8%. Revenues for the year were 2.1% less than the previous years. It is also the fourth fiscal year in a row that revenues have dropped. However, its revenues were higher than Kodansha and Shigaku-Kan's. As a result, Suecia has replaced Kodansha as the largest publisher in Japan by revenue. Both Kodansha and Shigaku-Kan have reported losses as well. So, as you can see, it is a bit of a mixed bag there as everyone is losing money, but it seems that Suecia is losing less money by thus gaining more money? I'm not quite sure how that works out. Another nice little tidbit is the dub trailer for the next episode of Mobile Suit Gundam Unicorn is up, and I'll put that in the show notes for you. Comic legend Avi Arad is now the chairperson of Production IG's American branch. For those of you who don't know, Arad has been involved with the Marvel films and was previously the head of Marvel Studios. I know this, of course, being a big comic book fan. Arad is also involved in DreamWorks' upcoming live-action adaptation of Ghost in the Shell, and is also working on a comic titled Innocence, and a television adaptation of Pac-Man, of all things. Also a very nice piece of news, and this is probably the shining gem for this week. It was announced not too long ago that one of my favorite mech manga, Kuragani the Lying Barrel, would be included in, quote, a big project. But it's now known that this project is the one and only next Super Robot Tyson game. Super Robot Wars L is planned to release for the Nintendo DS. A list of series appearing in the game was released with Lime Barrel leading it off. Other series include Evangelion, Fight Ixer 1, Ixer Reborn, Gundam Wing, Endless Waltz, Gundam Seed, Gundam Seed Destiny, Combatler V, Voltus 5, Gai King, Legend of Daikumaru, Kotetsushin Jig, Dan Cougar Nova, Majin Kaiser, Majin Kaiser vs. Great General of Darkness, Godanner, Godanner Season 2, and Macross Frontier. I can feel my beam saber tingling. And here's another mech related piece for you guys. Remember the man who burnt down his house after his mother threw his gunpla out? Well, Kobe District Court sentenced him to four years in prison yesterday. 
The prosecution has requested five years of jail time, seeing how the guy was, well, 30 years old. He should have known better. According to the ruling, the man was trying to set himself on fire with the remaining gunpla. Instead of accomplishing this, he destroyed the uh, 2,400 foot square building he resided in. The defense argued for a suspended sentence so that the man could serve no time if he maintained a good behavior. The defense's argument was that the man, quote, fell into despair because the plastic models had become as important to him as part of his body, end quote. Of course, the judge rejected the request. I can think of a better argument. Let's see. The man was going through his midlife crisis when he realized that his entire childhood was captured by the Titans. Yeah, yeah. Um, only by lighting a signal fire large enough could he contact the, uh, the Londo Bell unit in time to save the plastic pieces of childhood. <sighs> Too bad he won't have a DS where he's going. Irony ahoy! Studio Ghibli is removing their character goods from a store that also functions as the public relations for the second Fukushima nuclear power plant. Studio Hipli- I mean, Studio Ghibli has also apologized for the matter. On the other side of the story, however, Ghibli received numerous complaints and negative comments about the placement of the store and their products, and more or less caved into the pressure. Oh, what did my realtor always say? Oh, location, location, location. Just as awesome is the appearance of the Boom Boom satellites at New York Anime Festival. Alongside them will be Puffy Amiyumi, Zazen Boys, and Echo Stream. Members of each band will be present throughout the New York Anime Festival for panel discussions and autograph signings. And too bad I won't be there because I love the Boom Boom satellites. In the same neighborhood, though, New York International Children's Film Festival announced showings of both Summer Wars and Azure and Azmer in August. This will be the first East Coast premiere of Summer Wars. And last but certainly not least are these little two pieces of news. Monthly Shonen Ace announced production of the OVA of Baka to Test to Shokanju. The OVA will be released before the second television anime, which is slated for next year. And this one surprised me, came out of nowhere just like a punch of the crotch. Crunchyroll has licensed the DVD rights to Makoto Shinkai's 5 centimeters per second. This will be the very first release on DVD for Crunchyroll, and I certainly hope it does well. I will definitely be buying it. Crunchyroll wants the DVD to ship with the deceased studio, Bang Zoom, and their recent dub sometime this fall. And that's all we have for news, so let's move on to the review. This time I'm reviewing Trava. Again. Hey, Steve. Yeah, Joe. Have you heard of the web series called AMR? Anime movie review? Uh, yeah, we're on it. No, Steve, this, this is an ad. We're trying to make it sound like you've never heard of this series before, so that we can pitch it to these podcast listeners. Well, that's just silly. I don't care if you think it sounds silly. Just pretend you've never heard of this series before. <laughs> Alright, fine. Okay, then. <clears throat> 
Hey, Steve. No, I ain't never heard of C.J. Hitchcock's web series of AMR. Damn it, Steve! What? Can't we just tell these people that AMR is a monthly show that does these in-depth video reviews of anime movies like Psychic Wars, Earthian, as well as adaptation movies like Lupin the Third's Strange Psychokinetic Strategy? Well, yeah, but we needed some kind of setup first. No, we don't. Look, this next month review is going to be on Sonic the Hedgehog the movie. You know, that blue fuzzball with the demonic flying fox. Just look for it on CJ's website, cjhitchcockanimemoviereview.blogspot.com. You'd think that he'd come up with a shorter web address. I know, right? That's why I'm gonna have to repeat it. It's cjhitchcockanimemoviereview.blogspot.com. You know, no one's going to take us seriously if you keep acting like this. Should they? Meh, maybe not. Quick! Gather everyone in the library! I know who the killer is! But, I've gathered everyone together, but I still can't figure it out! How did you solve the crime by just looking at one anime merchandise website? Elementary, my dear Hisui. You see, we thought that hug pillows were the motive, but they were the means! Akika, you are the killer of anime! The Reverse Thieves on Anime 3000 present the Speakeasy Podcast, uncovering the mysteries of anime and manga. Come visit us at thespeakeasypodcast.com. This time I am re-reviewing Trava, and some of you be saying, re-reviewing? Like, what do you mean? You haven't reviewed this before, have you? I did on an episode with CJ Hitchcock, but, you know, audio issues happened, and yeah, so it got lost. Well, I'm just going to give you a long and short of that review. Basically, I said it was a short show that was boring. The only part that's worth watching is the fourth episode. And that's pretty much my review for this, but seeing how my show is <clears throat> professional, I'm going to do all I can to give you guys information on this, which trust me, is not that easy. I've wikied the thing, I've been to ANN, I've been, I've been to my anime list, I've looked up the people who worked on this, I've done everything I can, and I can't find much on the series. Not like I did with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure or any other review, crud. But Trava the Fist Planet is the name of the series. There we go, we'll start with that. The name of the series. And it was directed by Katsuhiro Ishii and Takeshi Koike. Now, those names might ring a little bit of a bell for you, but it's done by Studio Madhouse um, and was released by Grasshopper. And that's literally how you're supposed to say it. Grasshopper! exclamation point. Um, 
It was also released in 2003, and there are only four 15-minute episodes. Now, I'm not exactly sure what this is supposed to be about. The whole reason I started watching this is one, because I heard people talk about Redline and say it was really, really good. But, um, yeah, I couldn't get my hands on Redline. And I said, oh, well, look, this is supposed to be a prequel. Hmm, let's check it out. The second reason being that the storyboard and key animation was done by Hiroyuki Imaishi, who worked on some other things such as Evangelion, Black Cat, one of my favorites, Dead Leaves. He also directed that, which was a big factor in me checking this one out. Also, he worked on Fooly Cooly, some Full Metal Alchemist as a key animator, Guy King, he is now the director for Panty and Stocking with Garter Belt, and has also worked on Re Cutie Honey and Tengen Tapa Gurren Lagann. So with, you know, a background like this, granted he's only a key animator, you can expect a little bit of what Trava is like. Now, it is done by Madhouse, so it's not a complete Gynex crazy fest, but it comes pretty close. The character designs are fine from the waist up, and I say that not to sound like a perverted old man, but because literally from the waist down, it's all bloated. All the characters have this huge waist. Um, of course, I should probably introduce you to the characters. Those being Trava, of course, our main character, who is this blue humanoid kangaroo sort of character. And Shinkai, who is this orange or red, depending on what screen you're looking at, crab-like fellow. Now, Trava, I say he's kind of kangarooish because he has, like, kind of kangaroo ears that flop a little bit. I know kangaroos don't really have floppy ears, but it reminded me of a kangaroo just the way he acted and moved. And he has huge hips. Now I'm saying, okay, he's blue, he's an alien. Sure, you can have huge hips because you got big legs or something. You know, maybe he's like Mewtwo or something. Maybe he needs to lose a few pounds. And Shinkai, I understand, because crabs, well, you know, they're kind of roundish. So you make a crab humanoid, it's going to be round in the center, right? Makes sense. But... We first start off with Trava and Shinkai alone on a spaceship, and they're working together, and all of a sudden they come across this pod. And I kid you not, it's only a 15 minute episode, but for the first five minutes they do nothing but say, we should go rescue that person in the pod. Yeah. You know, there could be a person in that pod who uh, might need some rescuing. Yeah. So, uh, you want to go rescue that pod? Because it, you know, might have a person in there. Yeah. So, um, that pod with a person who might be in there and out in space, I'm probably going to need a spacesuit to, uh, just go get it, right? You know, so I can rescue that person who's, uh, in the pod? Yeah. And, it, and it, it just goes like that. And I'm dead serious. Five minutes of that, you're not laughing anymore. This is not Family Guy where it's like Stewie and Brian going back and forth. So, I uh, see you messed yourself again. Oh, oh, so very funny. Haha. <laughs> this is, comes from the man who uses his tongue as toilet paper. You know, it's not, it's not funny anymore. It just, after a while, you kind of get bored with it. Well, finally, Trava gets into his mech, which is actually kind of interesting because what it is is basically a spacesuit and the mech is behind you, but 
it reads all your movements. So if you punch out into the open, the mech, which is behind you, punches out like you did. So it reads your motions and your movements and such while you are completely exposed. Now, why that would be a good mech design, I don't see how. It'd probably be pretty dangerous seeing how any man with a sword could probably kill you even if you have a mech. Which, by most laws and rules of physics, shouldn't happen. If you have a mech, you should be pretty safe against a guy with a tiny little toothpick of a blade. But yeah, if you die, your mech is useless. But anyway, it's a cool looking mech design, to say the least. And of course, Trava goes out, and for some odd reason decides, Oh, I'm gonna be a jackass and fly around and waste more time of this episode. And so he does that, and then finally rescues the person. Who is in the pod. And then that person turns out to be a gorgeous female alien. Who... I have no idea why they decide to put in here, because she doesn't really do jack shit. Normally I'd say, wow, bang, wanna hit her. But, uh, yeah, she, her, her hips are about the size of, I don't know, two yardsticks. Which kind of turns me off, you know? Like, you look like a cheap hoe slash milf. Or both. A cheap milf full. Something like that. So, that's the end of episode one. Absolutely nothing important happens, nothing's funny, nothing's awesome. Just, it looks well animated. With the exception of the character designs. And the rest of the series is pretty much like that, until finally, they come across this LSD-inducing light. And I have no idea to this day what that light does, but every time this light appears, it heals up our princess character, the person who is in the pod, and gives everyone else an hallucination. I don't understand why, but it does. And you kind of have to roll with it. Until finally they travel to the Fist Planet, where there's supposedly a tournament being held for people who fight in mechs. This is when we learn that Trava was actually part of a military group, as well as Shinkai, Shinkai being his engineer, and Trava being the operator of the mech. Well, all's fine and dandy until another alien who's even bigger with a cooler mech shows up and says, Oh, that person you rescued who was in the pod, she's our princess or something, and now we're gonna rescue her. And so Trava and Shinkai are like, oh, okay. They come across the light, have an LSD trip, and then they have to fight off giant bug aliens. Or giant bug mechs, I couldn't quite tell. That part is the most awesome part of this entire show. However, it's episode 4, so you literally have to watch 45 minutes of crap before you can get to 10 minutes of awesomeness. Seriously, this whole show should have been just that last 15 to 20 minute episode, and it would have made just as much sense. Not that it made any at all. But, for what it's worth, I did enjoy that last episode. And so for any of you who are interested, I will be putting a torrent link up in the show notes. But please, save yourself the trouble and only watch the last episode. The characters are shallow, there's nothing going on, I don't even know how this can tie into anything, let alone Redline, which I still have yet to see. Let's just put it this way. The show looked beautiful, with the exception of the hips. That's pretty much the only reason why I would recommend this show, is because it had some great art that wasn't Gynex, but was Gynex-ish. So with that in mind, please, only watch that last episode, I'm begging you, save yourself the trouble.
in a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast. www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. Have you heard about Super Happy Anime Fun Time? What's that? The anime podcast with the objective fans' point of view on anime news and releases and reviews of anime. Wow, where can I find that? You can find it at AnimeShaft.com. Alright, and for the last segment of the show of what I've been reading and watching, I have some interesting things to talk about. One, let's start it off with more robots because, well, even though Trava, they never made it to the planet where they're going to do the giant robot battles they still had robots in it so i'm going to talk about aquarion and so far i'm halfway through the show i just finished episode 14 and i'm not quite sure what's going on see the thing is like they spent half of the series like those last 13 episodes trying to make me care about the characters and i do to a certain extent i really don't like any of them but i care about them enough and it seems to lack some solid plot. Now, granted, episodes 13, 14 were really plot-heavy, but it's like, you can't expect me to think those are really plot bombs if you never really gave me much plot to work with. As far as I know, that's regular shit happening all the time. But unless Aquarion does something like, oh, we're going to do something like kill all the characters at the end, then... I really don't see how they have a successful formula for storytelling here. It's not a bad show, but I was on Right Stuff the other day, and I saw that I could have gotten it for even cheaper than I actually bought it for. I'm like, oh, damn, I so could have waited to see this show. But, yeah, what are you going to do, right? Uh, Also, I've been watching my new stuff I got from Right Stuff, that being Giver. The complete box set. I got it all in a fat pack with a very, very nice collectible box with it. I actually watched the whole first volume with my father. And he's not an anime fan by any means. But I described Guyver to him. He's like, hmm, that sounds pretty interesting. So we watched the whole first volume. I figured, oh, we'll watch an episode, maybe two. And then he'll be like, ah, I've had enough. And that'd be the end of it. But, like, I was ready to quit after the first two episodes. And he's like, oh, go going on to episode three and four. And it wasn't like it was some awesome thing like oh must see but it kept him interested enough um as for me though i kind of had some problems with it like the dub i have add's dub and i find it to be very very clunky like they try too hard to match up the lip flap and although usually this is a good thing when the characters stop and pause for a while and then keep talking you can't have a sentence go Make sure you hand in your report card, or else you'll get in trouble. You know, people don't talk like that. Not not normally, anyway. So to have that in a dub, it, it sounds 
and kind of feels awkward. But everything other than that, I love about the show. It's really, really cool. Episode 4 was really nice when you actually got to have two Giver units fight and like <laughs> he's he's giving out all the names for these attacks and all that and it's like, oh, headbeam. Okay, I understand that. Okay, uh, like, what was it? The vibration blade that comes off of his elbow and but the uh, the chest beam where he pulls open his chest and shoots this huge beam, they call it the Mega Smasher. <laughs> and I'm like, oh damn. <laughs> You couldn't have thought a cooler name, like Obliveration Beam or something. I don't know. But I haven't watched it in Japanese yet. But I can see that kind of working if, like, they talk all in Japanese and all of a sudden just shout, you know, Mega Smasher in English. You know, be like, You know, I can see that being kind of, uh, kind of funny. Kind of quirky at the same time but the thing is it doesn't work in an english dub when you direct translate it like uh battleship yamato you have the wave motion cannon you don't call it the yamato gun you know what i mean they do in starcraft yeah check my last episode for details with that but anyway it was um it, it's good i'm definitely gonna watch volume two i'm gonna finish the series it's definitely awesome but I'm not exactly sure as to how awesome it's going to be. I'm kind of kind of skeptic, like, ah, uh, yeah, this is a good show, but uh, it's like they try to be violent, but at the same time, it seems like they're censoring it. I'm not sure if ADD, ADV censored this one or not, but like, uh, it's kind of eating at me. If you're going to be violent, be violent. Be super violent. Don't be like this, oh, lots of blood, but you don't see any of the punches and kicks and stuff. What What's up with that? But then again, it's only been the first four episodes, so. Also, I got a, a new Shonen Jump in the mail, actually, as of, like, right in the middle of this recording. Um, when I was talking about Trava, there was a knock at the door. I'm like, well, what what, what could this be? And uh, someone hands me a brand new Shonen Jump, and I know I do this all the time, and I'm trying not to do it again, but Shonen Jump, it's only 280 pages. What is wrong with you, Viz? <gasps> Why? Why? But, yeah, just, ah, uh, it eats me alive to see that Shonen Jump keeps getting smaller, and it only has, like, four series in there. It's like, damn it. And the preview, I, just browsing through it, the preview's art, I hate it. It's got, like, everyone has lips. And I'm not talking like lip lips. I mean like they they shade it in to make them look kind of like rosy red sort of thing. I don't mind that on the girls. That's okay, you know, trying to make them look attractive or whatever. They're doing it for the main character who's a guy. I'm like, what is he, pre-op? Maybe post-op. I don't know. Is he putting on lipstick or is, the, you know, is that his actual lips? What's going on? And just that is driving me mad. I can't stand it. But, um, yeah... Shonen Jump, please, come on. I go on rants about this all the time. It's like every freaking month, Josh is due for a Shonen Jump rant. It's getting really tiresome. Just get better, please. I'm going to purchase you whether or not you get good, but at least make my money worth its while. Shonen Jump. Uh. And also at work, I've been getting uh, longer shifts, so that means I also get uh, longer breaks in turn. And I've been bringing those Loop on the Third graphic novels that Sailor Samus was so nice to send to me and reading those up. And I've uh, I've been reading those up. 
And those are pretty good. I like them. They're really dated. They show their age. But it's just a grand fun time. And you don't have to worry too much about it. The thing I like about it, most of all though, is that early Lupin, all these chapters are self-contained stories. And you'll read the chapter and be like, okay, okay. And then at their very end, there have been more more than one time I've been like, oh. And like the whole chapter suddenly takes on a whole new meaning and you understand it so much better. And it was awesome, great. But I'm going to save most of that and talk with Sailor Thomas about that when she uh, – when we arrange a time to to meet to record so but pathetically enough i haven't seen anything else rather than what i just mentioned i mean i watched a uh an episode of occult academy and that was good um also stopped and watched a couple aic shows or an episode or two of an aic show ah torturous i'm gonna have to do that aic episode soon because I don't feel like talking about these shows. They're just so horrible. But, yeah, more or less I've been watching a lot of StarCraft matches. And a lot of exciting stuff has been going on there. But I'll save that for later. Um, Basically, just to sum things up, it's going to be a very, very short episode. I've been working on a couple projects. I got the Battle of the Coma video that's coming out sometime soon. As soon as I uh, record my part for it, of course and having trouble getting a, a hold of Josh Schaefer. So it's probably going to... I'm I'm bringing CJ Hitchcock on just to kind of substitute, and I'll think of a cool excuse for that later. Let's see. Um, by the way, you should visit his website. I'll be playing a promo for his Sonic the Hedgehog review, which is another amazing review. Another amazing review. So go watch that. That should be up on Anime 3000 sometime soon. If not, I'm going to be pushing for it. Um... But yeah, Battle of the Coma, I'm going to be doing an audio heads-up segment and going to be producing that. I'm not sure exactly how that's going to work because, to be honest, even though I've been doing this new Mike Dent-style podcasting, I don't want to do heads-up and like completely copy Friday Ace. Even though it's an amazing podcast and I think everyone should listen to more podcasting like that and there should be more podcasts that sound like that, I don't want to be the one copying that format so i've been trying to find a way where i can still produce something of that quality and that nature without being a copycat so that's always interesting been looking into that some some techniques and what have you also of along the lines of the a3k bonus round been working on a kind of a summary of what uh a summary of a series i should say and what series is that? Oh, I'm not going to tell you because I'm cool like that. I think I've already told you in the past, but um, I'm just waiting for some scanlations for uh, Majinger and Get a Robo, and I'll be doing reviews of that for the bonus round. And you know what? I think I might be gravitating more towards these shorter podcasts with better quality editing instead of just going on and on and on because... Even though going on and on, and I love long podcasts, sometimes a short podcast is better if it has better quality and better content. And that's what I'm aiming for is quality and content. I'll aim for length later when I have maybe a guest on. We'll have a longer podcast. But like this episode, you can see it's not that long. It's only going to be like 40 minutes or 45 minutes, which is rather short for me, you know, 15 minutes shorter than usual. But, you know, 
I've been listening to other podcasts, and although they do very, very long episodes, sometimes it's actually better to listen to a shorter episode of theirs. You know, every once in a while they say, oh, sorry, we released a shorter episode. I'm like, oh, well, that's it's nice. I get to hear your voices, get to hear your opinions and all the jokes, and it's just shorter and compressed into a neater a package that has a neater wrapping to it. And that's probably the best way to say it. But yeah, I, I've, I've just been working on how to get a better podcast, not so much watching and reading things to record a podcast on, which, you know, may uh, be my downfall. But we'll, we'll figure out how it works. And guys, if you like this new style of podcasting for me, please send me some feedback. You have my email right there on the site and comments for the blog and all that. So please feel free to send all that to my, my way. But um, other than that, I really don't have a lot to say. So until next time, I will be podcasting and doing so much for you guys. And Regan, Regan Strongblood, where is the last episode of Anime 82's Mecha Finale? Where is that? Has it been a week yet? Yes, it has. It's been a week. I want to see that. I know you're listening. So hurry up and get that out there, brother. We're all waiting anxiously. At least I am. So, until next time, I am Ghost. My time's up, you bastard. <laughs>